الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسابقون الأولون من المهاجرين والأنصار سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم We've heard many times in our life that preparation results in success. We've heard many times in our life that preparation results in success. That if a person has a task that they have to complete or they have some responsibility that's before them, they have an opportunity that has come before them, then the way they'll succeed with it is if they prepare well in advance. And we've heard this many, many times. We've heard this in our, in, in our schools. We've heard this in our work setting. We've heard this in, in prior gatherings such as this. Many times we've heard about it. So for instance, you have a midterm that's coming up, you'll always receive the advice that, you'll, you'll always be given the advice that... Okay, so there's, a, there's a, a black Honda that's obstructing the parking lot, so if you could please move that. So for instance, if you have a, uh, you have a midterm coming up, then the person who's going to likely succeed with that midterm is the person who actually puts in time and effort throughout the course of that class itself. It isn't the person that studies the night before. We've heard this. Uh, you have, for instance, you're planning a big trip with the family. Right? You could haphazardly plan, the, you could haphazardly just go, up, go on that trip and expect that you're going to have an enjoyable time, or you can prepare and plan well in advance and uh, predict or prepare for the difficulties and the challenges along the way, and the chances of that being a successful vacation are, 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 are higher. This applies to deen as well. We know that the month of Ramadan is a very special month in which a person can attain uh, uh, more than they can any other time of the year when it comes to their relationship with Allah Ta'ala and their progress in deen. And we know through the example of the Sahaba and through the teachings of the, uh, of the ulama and the mashayikh that a person that spends time months before Ramadan begins, that person, per, that person is able to maximize the most out of the month of Ramadan. Right. The person that spends two weeks before Ramadan will get a certain amount of benefit. The person that spends two months before Ramadan preparing for Ramadan, they'll receive a, a benefit that's, that's higher than the one who spends less time. The person that's preparing, like the Sahaba who prepared six months in advance for Ramadan, <clears throat> they will maximize, on, they, they, will, uh, they will have the best Ramadan that they've ever had. So the person who prepares in advance for an opportunity, they tend to be the ones who succeed. But when most people prepare, they're preparing for an opportunity that's present. They're preparing for an opportunity that's present, that's, that has some degree of certainty with regards to occurrence. Very few people actually prepare for an opportunity that's not present. I'll say that again. That when we're preparing, we are often preparing for, for, those of us that, for, for those of us that do prepare, we're often preparing for an opportunity, a situation, a circumstance, an exam, a test, a Ramadan, that is, that is present, that's likely to occur, that it will occur. 
but very few people actually prepare for something that doesn't exist. But the elite of those that succeed, you have people that succeed because they prepare. But the elite amongst that group of people are those people that prepare well before the opportunity even presents itself. It, there's a subtle difference. They prepare well before the opportunity actually presents itself. Before it's even within their sight, they begin to prepare. Ramadan, when we say it's six months away, it's in our sight. We, we see it coming. We know it's going to happen. A midterm, we know it's going to occur. It's marked, you know, November 22nd. This is the midterm date. This is what I have to prepare for. If I prepare in advance, I'll succeed. But these are set things that, that in our lives that we know will occur. We prepare for them, and those that prepare in advance will do better. But the elite from amongst that group are those people that prepare before they even know that the opportunity is present altogether. And the best example of this is the Sahaba anhum, in particular Abu Bakr anhu. <clears throat> Abu Bakr anhu was someone who prepared even if the opportunity to serve was not present, he was ready to serve even before that opportunity came. The example is at the time of the Hijrah, the migration. When the Sahaba, the vast majority of the Sahaba had now left from Mecca toward Medina. They had already started their journey and many had already ended their journey. And just a handful of the Sahaba were still left in Mecca Mukarramah. You know, it was uh, Prophet ﷺ was there and Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu, Ali radiallahu anhu, Asma. There's a handful of Sahaba, you can, you know, count them, but there's just a handful of Sahaba that were still remaining. And it was nearing the time for the Prophet ﷺ to then have to make the journey from Mecca to Medina. But Abu Bakr anhu and the other companions didn't know who the Prophet was going to make that journey with. They didn't know who, was, who that journey was going to be made with. But Abu Bakr anhu, because he was someone who prepared before the opportunity even came, he had already prepared for the possibility of accompanying the Prophet on this trip. So what did he do? He, months in advance, he had already purchased two camels, which at the time, those, it was the means of transportation that, uh, that was, uh, it was the highest means of transportation at the time. It was the equivalent today of, of a luxury car. If you were to purchase a luxury car today, that would be the equivalent of, of you know, one luxury car would be the equivalent of one camel uh, at the time of the Prophet So what did Abu Bakr anhu do? He prepared two camels, he purchased two camels in advance, one for him and one for who? The Prophet ﷺ. For what? The Hijrah. But that opportunity didn't even occur. He didn't know that he was going to be, they didn't know that the, the Prophet ﷺ didn't know that he was going to be with Abu Bakr And Abu Bakr Siddiq didn't know that he was going to be uh, traveling with the Prophet ﷺ. It was merely a possibility at the time. It was merely a possibility. And now when the time for the actual Hijrah had come, Ali was with the Prophet ﷺ. And then Jibreel ﷺ had come, and the Prophet asked Jibreel that uh, uh, he, knowing that his time had not come, or being informed that his time had now come, that who should I go with? The possibility was there. Ali radiallahu anhu was still behind. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu was still behind. There were a few other companions as well. And the angel Jibreel told the Prophet that he was going to be traveling with Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. So the Prophet told Ali that Ali, you're going to stay behind. You're going to stay here and you're going to, you're going to you know, sleep in my bed, and then the Quraysh are going to come in the morning, they're going to see that you're there, you're then going to give back, you know, we know the story, you're going to give back all of the, um, the, the amanah that I had kept for them, he was still al-amin, and he was going to, you're going to be the one that's going to be responsible for dispersing all of the property and all of the wealth that I had held of other people. But you're not coming with me on the journey, and the Prophet ﷺ went to 
Abu Bakr anhu's home. And what was waiting for the Prophet Two camels. Ready for the Prophet to begin his journey with Abu Bakr anhu. And this is what granted Abu Bakr, this was one of the things that granted Abu Bakr anhu the elite status. Is that he didn't wait for the opportunity to serve for it to occur. Uh, to actually, he didn't prepare, he didn't wait for the opportunity to serve in order to prepare to serve. He prepared even before that opportunity presented itself. He prepared even before the opportunity presented itself. They were the, 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 the forerunners when it comes to the people of our deen. They were, the, they were at the forefront. They were at the forefront. And look what happened through the the the, the, the intention, or you could say the wisdom of Abu Bakr anhu, he was able to accompany the Prophet on the most special journey that's ever taken place in the history of man. There's no migration that is better recorded. There's no migration that's, that's more, uh, that, that uh, plays, uh, uh, that has that signi this significant of a role in the history of the world. Then the migration of the Prophet going from Mecca to Medina. Abu Bakr anhu, not even knowing that he would be a part of that hijrah had prepared well in advance for the possibility that that would occur and he ended up traveling with the Prophet He ended up traveling with the Prophet on a journey that would then define the calendar from now until the day of judgment. On a journey that uh, that would that would allow him to be referenced in the Quran when the Prophet ﷺ and him were in the cave and and uh, Abu Bakr radiAllahu taala who had a little bit of worry and fear and the Prophet ﷺ told him don't worry la tahzan don't worry inna Allah ma'ana Allah subhanahu wa taala is with us ma'ana now Abu Bakr radiAllahu anhu is also included in this all of this occurred because of his planning well in advance his preparation before the opportunity even came. You know, the, most of us would, would wait. The Prophet ﷺ would say, listen, I'm coming with you. We're leaving tomorrow. Make sure you're prepared. So then, you know, we'd run around. We'd, you know, try to find a couple of camels. We tried to get the food that we'd need. We tried to, you know, get everything together and make sure that when it's time for departure, I'm 100% ready. But that's the extent that the vast majority of us would go to if we were thinking that we have to prepare in advance. But how many of us would prepare before even knowing that that possibility was going to come? That is what makes... That is, that is what made Abu Bakr, that was one of the things that made Abu Bakr elite. That was one of the things that made many of the Sahaba elite. That they were prepared before the chance to actually show what they had to offer was present before them. We should aim to adopt this into our own lives as well. We should aim to adopt this into our own life as well. That rather than waiting for the opportunity to, to do something, we prepare as if that opportunity is going to present itself. There's many examples of this. Someone who falls under the, this, you could say the elite, when it comes to this, they, uh, they... Sorry, this Honda Civic Maroon color. Okay, this is the Honda Civic, it's... Maroon. It's not maroon. It's, if you could please move it, it's blocking um, the parking lot. There's, a, there's many examples of this. If someone really wants to uh, w wants to put this into their life, there are people who, for instance, Hajj, right? M we all know that it's a mandate of our Deen, and every single believer has the intention that they want to perform Hajj at some point in time. They want to perform the Hajj. Now, there are people who don't have the financial means to perform Hajj, 
They don't have the ability to go for Hajj. Financially, they're unable to afford it. But a per So you could either have the attitude of, well, I don't have the money yet. Once I have money, then Hajj is now required upon me. Now I'm going to actually make the preparations for the journey of Hajj. So now I'm going to make sure that my children are taken care of. Now I'm going to make sure that I have time off of work, etc. But a person who's really serious about going for Hajj, before the money even comes, they're going to think, look, I don't have the money right now. I don't have the money. The opportunity for Hajj is not there for me right now. But I am going to make plans well in advance. So they're going to make sure that I have blocked off from work every, for the next five years. I'm going to make sure that I have the two weeks that Hajj is going to occur. I'm going to have that blocked out of my schedule. I'm going to plan well in advance. I'm not going to wait until the money comes. I'm going to make sure that I have it blocked off. Not necessarily vacation but that I have the ability to take vacation during that time why because if Allah Ta'ala then gives me the money then in a heartbeat I'm ready to go in a heartbeat I'm ready to go I don't have to wait for that opportunity to come I've already prepared for it well in advance you know you already prepared the circumstances that okay I have young children I need to have someone that, you know maybe help take care of them and well in advance you've already planned that you're that you've are you're going to have someone someone you know help take care of them before the opportunity for Hajj actually comes this is what makes us elite that we plan for the, the deen before the opportunity actually comes. A person, for instance, has the intention of, of their child you know, becoming a hafiz of the Qur'an. They want their child to memorize the Qur'an. Now, one possibility is that the child turns of the age that they're going to memorize Qur'an, and then the family begins to think that, okay, where am I going to live? Okay, we should live close to the masjid, because if we live close to the masjid, there's probably a Qur'an school there, and then my child will be able to frequent the school, and then, then they'll memorize the Qur'an. But someone who's, who genuinely desires that their child memorize the Qur'an, they aren't going to wait. They, in fact, let's put it this way. Someone who doesn't even have children can prepare for their child memorizing the Qur'an. They strategically place themselves in a location, in a locality where there is a school, so that when Allah Ta'ala gives them a child and that school is already established for them, all they have to do is, is take the child to the school. Planning occurs before the, before, before the opportunity even arises. This is a way by which we show our sincerity and our talab toward Allah Ta'ala. The Allah, you haven't given me a child yet. I have a desire that my child memorize the Qur'an. I'm going to set up all of the circumstances so that that final step that's, that can only come from you, that'll be the final step and everything else will be ready to go. In a heartbeat, I'm ready to, I'm ready to serve the deen in this way. A person, for instance, <clears throat> can... Many people have the desire that they want to become close to, the, close to their teachers. Many people have a desire that they want to become close to their teachers and they often wait for the opportunity to serve their teachers. So the teacher approaches them and says, look, I have this, uh, this need. If you could help me take care of it, then I'd be grateful to you. And that person makes sure that they prepare and they plan and they fulfill that responsibility you know, as much as possible. But someone who, uh, someone who looks at this, you know, uh, someone who prepares before the opportunity presents, they are ready even before their teacher asks them for whatever it might be. They're already ready from beforehand. So for instance, you know, let's say you have your teachers coming into town, or, or, or there's a possibility that your teacher might come into town. Now the opportunity to serve is, is, you know, would be there. Now if you know that there's a particular date that, the, that, that that program would be scheduled, then you'll know, okay, it's happening in a month, I'm gonna prepare, I'm gonna make sure that we have this many people that are hosting, we have this many people that are helping, we have this many people that are doing this and that. And that's fine, that's great. But someone who <clears throat> wants to take it a step further will tell them that, look, these, I know that you know, my, my teacher's off during these times. I'm going to plan as if they're coming. And that way I'm ready. 
you know, they're com they might be coming this weekend, I don't know. My car is full of gas, my car is cleaned up, everything's ready to go, so that in a heartbeat, if, that if Allah Ta'ala gives me that opportunity, then, it's ready to then I'm ready to go. Then I'm ready to go. I don't have to wait until the opportunity comes to prepare. I'm preparing, I'm preparing well in advance. So, this is, what, this is the attitude of the Sahaba. This is the attitude of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He didn't need to, he had prepared before he needed to prepare. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala sees the effort that you're putting in. Look, two camels were purchased. Isn't there, is there a risk involved? Is there a risk involved? Absolutely. Right? Let's say that we had to purchase you know, two vehicles of that sort. $30,000 cash, $40,000 cash. And there's a 5% chance that I'm actually going to use those, the vehicle. There's a risk involved. But, someone who, but, but we have to look beyond, beyond that risk. And if we want something that badly, then the risk is nothing. Abu Bakr who wanted the companionship of the Prophet uh, on the hijrah so badly that it didn't matter. Two camels were nothing. There could have been ten camels. If ten camels were needed, he would have done that. The point being that there is no limit. And the risk has to be taken. There's the risk in the sense that there's always the possibility that not, the, the, the likelihood is there that the opportunity will not present. So for instance, if a person uh, doesn't have the financial ability and they know they won't have the ability to go for Hajj for, for several more years, you would say, well, why? I don't have the money anyway. So the likelihood of me going for Hajj next year is very low. The year after that, low. The year after that is low. Why would I block off, you know, time for my work, or why would I make sure that I that I created the circumstance so I could take off if I needed to from work? Why? Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is watching. Allah Taala is watching. In a heartbeat, if Allah Taala if Allah Taala sees that you're putting everything forward, everything you have, at the risk of losing money, at the risk of losing time off from work, at the risk of losing all of these things, then Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is surely to reward you for it. The intention, your intention, is certainly there. You're going to get the benefit that you would have gotten as well, even if the opportunity never ever comes. It's the attitude that counts, and it's the attitude that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is looking at. It's the attitude of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that my servant, oh, he desires to go for hajj so much that he's creating the circumstance even though he doesn't have to. My servant, he has, uh, he doesn't have, he, he's purchased six properties hoping that maybe one day one of them will become a masjid. I'll give him the reward of six, six masjids. Even, even though the chances of each of them becoming a masjid was very low. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give the reward that, uh, that we would as if that opportunity had actually come. Now, there are two requirements to sort of bring this into our life. Number one is that we have to prioritize. Number one, we have to prioritize. In order for us to become people that seek out opportunities before they occur, we have to prioritize. In our mind, constantly, we should be thinking, what, what can I do next? 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 And if we are thinking well in advance, and we're prioritizing that this is the, <coughs> or, or we're prioritizing that the deen is the most important to me. The path toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the thing that's most important to me. The, you know, the relationship of my children with the Qur'an is the, most, is the thing that's most important to me. Then we're willing to, you know, risk, you know, living somewhere where we don't want to live, even if that opportunity doesn't come. We don't care. You know, we, we might... Take, we might match up our vacations with the vacations of our teacher just because there's a possibility that we'll be able to interact. But the risk is that what? We, have, we lose a little bit of time of comfort. We lose our time of vacation. But so what? 
if our priority is that we want to attract Allah Ta'ala's attention and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is our goal, then that, that risk is unacceptable. We have to prioritize. We have to prioritize. The deen has to become the most beloved thing to us. The deen has to become the most beloved thing to us that we're willing to sacrifice the dunya at its expense. The second thing that, that, that's required is that a person has to be proactive. They have to be proactive. You have to act, be, be, be very proactive. The way Abu Bakr was proactive, not waiting, in advance preparing. You know, who knows? It, it's very possible. Abu Bakr had, had other plans uh, as well uh, throughout his life that he had prepared that never af- actually came to fruition. We don't know about it. They're not recorded in hadith. There, there, are, there are many sahaba, <clears throat> and we, we don't know, but their attitude was such that they probably had multiple different plans of how they were going to share the Prophet, and none of them actually came to fruition, but they were doing it because they were proactive in their desire to become a close companion of the Prophet There was a risk involved. Did they lose a little bit of money? Yes. Did they lose time? Yes. But so what? They were proactive about it. They sought those opportunities. Some came to fruition. Maybe only a handful came to fruition. The rest didn't come to fruition. But to the Sahaba, it didn't matter. And that's how we should be as well. We should be proactive. We should seek out opportunities well before the opportunity presents itself because Allah Ta'ala will see it. So number one, we should prioritize and make sure that the deen is our goal and the path toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our goal. And if that becomes the focus of our life and the life of our family, then this becomes very easy. But if our priorities are in a hundred other different directions, then it'll be very difficult to make the sacrifice, to, to sacrifice and take the risks that that the Sahaba had taken. And number two is to be proactive. That if we are, that if, that we can't just uh, in our minds have this desire for the deen and then, and then sit and wait for something to fall into our lap. You know, we can't have this desire to, uh, to, to support a masjid and wait for that opportunity to come. We have to jump ahead of the game. As if it's actually happening, plan in that way. As if it's actually happening, you know, have, heck, save money in your account. Whatever it might be, this, everyone's circumstance is different. But be very proactive about it. Don't we can't we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, sit and wait and, and and then begin to prepare. We should prepare well in advance before the opportunity presents itself. There is a um, the the point being that a person who uh, who who prepares before the time for preparation even occurs, um, they uh, then then chance comes into their life. They will begin to see opportunities that um, that that they could only imagine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to become people who prepare for opportunities uh, well in advance. May Allah ta'ala grant us the qualities of the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to progress toward him um, th- uh, th- uh, through his mercy. Wa akhra da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.